Welcome to A Day in Singapore with Jake and Libby Gray on the Countries for Kids podcast with Karen from Case of Adventure. As well as our country study podcasts with free printable packs, we will be regularly publishing A Day in a City podcasts. These will be shorter fun episodes in the form of a story where you get to explore a city with Ren and Rome or Jake and Libby, the heroes and heroines from our Case of Adventure novels. Don't forget to download your Singapore for Kids printables with some fun activities for you to do. Just go to caseofadventure.com forward slash Singapore. Singapore is a busy and prosperous city. Actually, it's a city and a country. It's a large island close to Malaysia that is connected to the mainland of Asia by bridges. The name Singapore means Lion City. Singapore has 63 small islands around the large one. Singapore is very clean and orderly. You'll get fined for dropping any garbage. You'd have to pay a thousand Singapore dollars for dropping a piece of paper. They don't even sell chewing gum in Singapore because they don't want people spitting it out on the streets. You're only allowed to chew it if it's prescribed by your doctor. Let's join Jake and Libby on their adventure in Singapore. It was hot and muggy. Jake and Libby were wearing shorts and thin t-shirts, but still felt too hot and wet from the humidity. I'm carrying a towel to wipe the sweat off my face every now and then, Jake told Libby. But then it feels wet again soon after I wipe it. We're so close to the equator here, Libby responded. I guess that's why it's hot all year round. If only there were some clouds or more trees for shade. There were lots of people of all colors, cultures and dress going about their days on the busy city streets. Jake and Libby looked around at the many food stalls with Chinese, Indian and Malaysian street food arranged on platters and on sticks. Most food markets and smaller shops only accepted cash, not credit cards, so you needed to make sure you carried some. Let's sit here and have breakfast, Libby suggested. She got out her wallet and checked her Singapore dollars. Good, she said. I still got the $50 Dad gave us for the day out. Mom said it's quite safe here, she told Jake, but I didn't want to lose our money. The children had learned that Singapore dollars were the currency that was used in Singapore. Dad had told them that one U.S. dollar was currently equivalent to 1.35 Singapore dollars. They perused the menu. Noodles, stir-fried or in broth, rice pudding, chui cure, which is steamed rice cakes topped with radish. Libby turned up her nose at that. They chose the national dish of pandan-scented kaya toast with runny-yoked eggs topped with white pepper and dark soy sauce. Sulamat pagi, said the waitress. Jake and Libby looked at her blankly. Good morning, she smiled. What can I get for you today? They both ordered the kaya toast. Strange yet delicious, Jake decided on his first bite. Libby finished up every last bite of her breakfast and licked her lips. I could eat that for breakfast every day, she commented. Mom said that Malay is the national language here, but most people speak English. It's still a bit hard to understand, though, I think. When the people speak, they add in Chinese words or they add words at the end of sentences. Like the waitress said, this tastes good, sir. Jake laughed. Let's go catch the bus. 
They had on hats, sunglasses and sunscreen and chose a seat on the top deck of the bus. When the sun gets too hot later, we can head below for air conditioning and shade, smiled Libby. As well as shelter from the tropical rainstorms, Jake agreed. The drive around the city gave them a great view of the city sights. The narration which they listened to on headphones explained everything as they passed. They hopped off the bus in the midst of grey skyscrapers at the spectacular Gardens by the Bay. These giant metal and glass buildings towered overhead and were quite fascinating to behold. A sign read, These massive greenhouses have no interior columns or supports. The flower dome is the largest unsupported glass roof in the world. Inside the cloud forest were many different levels. Jake led the way to an elevator which carried them up to the top level. Then they began the walk down along the walkways which snaked through the glass dome over the treetops. Libby skipped along until she felt a little dizzy with the high altitude and slowed down. It's as if we're suspended in mid-air, said Jake. Libby shuddered. I feel a bit funny, but it's very exciting, and it's so nice and cool compared to the outside. It feels like I'm visiting Jurassic Park. It's just like a jungle, Jake commented. But there's skyscrapers and hotels out the window of the glass dome, Libby replied. The big dome featured a 35-meter-tall mountain, complete with waterfall. A waterfall on a mountain? Inside a jungle in a glass dome, in the middle of the city. Jake looked up at the thundering falls. Whatever will we discover next? At Super Tree Grove, the super trees looked like giant futuristic trees, but were actually vertical garden displays. The tallest one measured up to 16 stories high. Jake and Libby traveled up to the top of a super tree, awed by the view of the gardens and the surrounding bay. It says these trees light up at night for a light show, Libby pointed out. They took a slow walk along the long skyway, which was 22 meters up in the air. Libby held tightly to Jake's jacket the whole way. The aerial walkway connected two of the super trees to each other. The walk was so scary and so exciting that they decided to do it all over again in the other direction. Next was Arab Street, which was lined with lots of restaurants, palm trees, and the view of the Sultan Mosque at the end. There were lots of painted walls, or street art as it was called. Jake, who was wearing an orange t-shirt, posed against a wall painted with orange and yellow optical illusions, and with a very straight face he tried to blend in. Libby giggled and pulled him away. All of a sudden, big warm drops of rain started pelting them. The rain didn't seem to cool them down. It's so strange to feel warm drops of rain on me, Jake exclaimed. Libby pointed to an outdoor cafe with a cake stand. There they got to try some orange-colored cake made from banana paste. Before long, the rain had stopped and they ventured out again. In Chinatown, they walked up Pagoda Street. It was hung with bright red and yellow Chinese lanterns and lined with shops. Fluffy red dragon toys were on sale. You could also look at some of the homes of the early residents of Singapore and taste some tasty Chinese street food, like folded pancakes with fillings. Jake rubbed his tummy. Nope, I'm too full for those. I'm surprised, Libby teased. I thought you never got full. Oh, look, the bum boats Dad told us about, Jake exclaimed, pointing to the boats lining Clark Key. 
they paid for a voyage, and the bum boat, a flat fairy-like craft, took them on a tour of the waterfront. They sailed past the Mariner Bay Sands Hotel. It looks like a spaceship, Libby told Jake. I think it looks like three large pillars with a monorail plonked on top, Jake laughed. The boat guide told them, The Mariner Bay Sands Hotel is made up of three slanting 55-story hotel towers topped by the Sky Park. It features restaurants, parks, and the world's longest infinity pool. That's a pool where the edge is made out of glass and the water runs over it. So it looks like there's no edge. You just see water and sky. Over there you can see the Art Science Museum, designed in the shape of a lotus flower. The museum had curved concrete arms sticking up into the air. It's probably the most unusual building I've ever seen, said Jake. Jake and Libby hopped off the boat at a big statue, which was spouting water out of its mouth across the bay. The statue was half lion and half mermaid. Look, it's called Merlion, Libby pointed to the sign. Merlion resides at the waterfront Merlion Park. The statue stands tall at 8.6 meters and weighs 70 tons. They stood looking at the strange statue over the blue water, surrounded by concrete skyscrapers. I'll never forget this view, remarked Libby, slowly turning. There's the Mariner Bay Sands Hotel, the funny-shaped Art Science Museum, the concrete skyscrapers, and the bay with the funny Merlion statue fountain. Let's go to Little India next. Jake was jumping from foot to foot along the paving stones. Okay, replied Libby, jumping along behind him, skipping every second stone. They walked up Chanda Road to Little India. The Mustafa Center shopping area took up an entire city block. It's so lively and colorful here, remarked Libby. It was really fun and interesting to see what was for sale. There were bargains on everything, clothes, perfumes, souvenirs, electronics, makeup, and, of course, food. Libby placed a garland of flowers from a street seller around her neck and admired her reflection as she turned from side to side, looking at herself in the mirror. Jake put on a pair of sunglasses and was surprised when the front flipped up as he was adjusting them, leaving two gaps where the lenses had been. To keep their eyes cool, Jake asked the stallholder in a perplexed voice. The stallholder frowned at him. To lift when not needed, he replied in a no-nonsense voice. Libby and Jake hastily retreated and entered a hawker centre, which was an Indian food court, basking in the cool air of the air-conditioned food area. So, what's for lunch? Jake mused. Frog porridge, Libby suggested. Jake pulled a face. It's good, the waitress told him. Don't be put off by the name. Frog porridge is one of the best dishes you'll ever eat, sir. The frog is marinated in soy, spring onion, chili, or ginger. Frog meat succulent, sweet, and delicate, and the porridge with it gloopy and light. Libby giggled at the description. I think we'll try the chicken rice, Jake told the waitress. They enjoyed the meal and even more enjoyed watching the other diners and making up stories about them. That lady must work for the government secretly. She's got a big coat and spy glasses. Even in this heat, said Jake. Those aren't spy glasses, they're regular glasses, Libby scolded him. I once heard that two new restaurants open every day in Singapore, Jake told her. 
Wow, that's crazy, said Libby. So in a year's time, there will be more than 600 new restaurants. Hopefully some will close too, or they'll soon run out of space. Or maybe they'll have to build upwards, Jake grinned at her, with restaurants on top of restaurants and sloping walkways up to them. Or hovercrafts, Libby suggested, imagining the fun of hovering from restaurant to restaurant sampling items. They tried ice kakang for dessert. Ice kakang is a flavoured ice dessert. The name literally means bean ice. Ice kakang is shaved ice topped with brightly coloured syrup and finished with peanuts, corn, a scoop of ice cream, coconut milk or condensed milk. It was delicious. Outside the mall was a children's garden area. Jake and Libby enjoyed racing and chasing each other around the splash pad, which had water fountains spraying at various intervals out of the ground and sculptures that twirled slowly between the streams of water. Time to ride the Singapore Flyer, Jake announced. It looks huge. The giant Ferris wheel was the second highest Ferris wheel in the world. It was as tall as 30 giraffes. Libby's tummy went down to her feet as they rose quickly up off the ground. They had amazing views of the city. They could see from the top that Singapore was not just a single small island, but a collection of hilly islands with lots of greenery and old neighborhoods. Last stop was the night zoo or night safari. The zoo was lit up with colored lights and looked eerie and exciting in the darkness of the early evening. For supper they decided to snack on some street food. They perused the food stands near the entrance to the night safari and settled on chicken fried in batter on a stick with yummy peanut sauce for dipping. They nibbled as they made their way into the zoo. After watching a tribal dance featuring men swinging sticks lit up with fire, they boarded a tram which took them on a slow tour through the zoo. Most of the animals were awake at night and they got to see cave animals, wallabies, leopards, anacondas, Tigers, pangolin, hyena, and many other fascinating creatures. That was awesome, Jake commented. The best, Libby agreed. Pity we didn't get to go to Legoland, though, or Snow City. At Legoland they have Lego to play with, as well as rides and stuff. And at Snow City you can play with snow, even though it's so hot here. Yep, pity, but they'll be closed now, and we need to get back to the hotel to meet the others. We'll have to come back again. It's been so fun to have a day out on our own, Libby grinned with satisfaction. On their way to catch the bus, they passed a sign for a fish spa. Intrigued, they peeped inside cautiously. These little doctor fish, about the size of big guppies, like to dine on dead skin. A few people were sitting on benches along one of the ponds, dangling their toes in the water, and the fish were delicately nibbling away at the calluses on their toes. Picturing Amazonian piranhas in their heads, the children shuddered and hurried quickly away and onto the bus, where they sat looking out the window at the lights on the streets of Singapore, tired but happy, as they travelled back to their hotel to join the rest of their family. What a fun day in Singapore! Would you like to visit a fish spa? Or see Merlion the statue? Or climb a super tree 22 meters up into the sky? I hope you can someday. Thanks for joining Jake and Libby on their adventure. Don't forget to download your Singapore for Kids printables at caseofadventure.com forward slash Singapore. 
Have you read about Jake and Libby's adventures in Switzerland and Scotland? They are chapter books for kids that you can get on Amazon or on caseofadventure.com. Look for Cuckoo Clock Secrets in Switzerland and A Clash of Swords in Scotland by Karen Collett. See you next time.